This podcast is sponsored by Google Search. It's where your customers find what matters to them and where you can find what matters to your business. To learn more, visit g.co slash think slash search smarter. That's g.co slash think slash search smarter. Hello and welcome to Marketing That Matters, a podcast series from Marketing Week and eConsultancy sponsored by Google. Over the coming weeks, we'll be looking under the bonnet of how brands are transforming their approach to digital marketing, covering customer experience, e-commerce, search, and much, much more. My name is Russell Parsons. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Marketing Week, and I am your host. Our subject for this episode is electronics giant Samsung and its D2C journey. It's a story of overcoming challenges and executing opportunities, a brand strategy and data excellence. It's also a story of partnership, of working with others to better serve customers. Now, I'm not going to tell that story myself. I have two people really well placed to tell it for us. Welcome to Mike Jury, Head of Digital CRM and Data at Samsung. Hello, Mike. Hello, Russell. And John Melton, uh, Business Director at Performix, which has worked closely with Samsung to execute a lot of what we will hear about today. Hello, John. Hiya. Now, uh, let's set the scene and get a sense of where Samsung is on its uh, journey, drawing a line before and after March 2020. Mike, can you tell us a bit about Samsung's retail presence, both online and offline, before the COVID-19 pandemic? Of course I can. Hi, Russell. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast today. Samsung's in a very unique position in a multitude of, of reasons. So first and foremost, Samsung are a, both a manufacturer and a retailer. Um, and of course, within that, we cover a variety of different product categories, all of which have very different consumer purchasing habits, behaviors, and dynamics. But generally speaking, Samsung has historically been very, very reliant on our retailers and our operators, and by proxy was pre-pandemic, very reliant on offline routes to purchase. Uh, Samsung did have a D2C offering before the pandemic. It launched back in late 2015 and has been on a rapid growth trajectory ever since then. There are other D2C channels that do exist within Samsung. So we have stores within Harrods and Selfridges. We have Samsung Experience stores throughout the UK. And we have a KX showcase in King's Cross that launched a couple of years ago. But by the end of 2019, D2C did not account for the large bulk of UK sales for Samsung. It was just under 5% actually, a number which in percentage terms maybe sounds quite small, but obviously when you put it into actual sales figures around an organization the size of Samsung, it's obviously not an insubstantial amount. But of course, with the pandemic and the rapid move away from offline routes to customers through to the online world that me and my team were already very involved in, but the rest of the business and a lot of our potential consumers and customers had to go through this number of a D2C contribution and obviously the overall online to offline percentage split did need to grow drastically when the full impact of the COVID pandemic became a reality in March and April last year. What would you say it is now uh, from 5% in 2019, uh, presumably grown exponentially since? Absolutely, it has. I think the ambition that we had set internally 
by the end of 2020 was to reach 10%. And by the end of the year, we were there or thereabouts. It fluctuates up and down throughout the course of a year, as I'm sure you can appreciate, given the product launch cycle calendar that we have at Samsung. So we launched our most recent flagship um, Samsung Galaxy S21 device in January. And those are periods of the year where Samsung.com as a D2C outlet does over index. And as a result so far in 2021, we have been overshooting that 10% mark, which is a really positive sign. But obviously with the reopening of high streets and, and retail regaining some of the share that it had previously that has obviously shifted a little bit in the last month or so and, and will continue to be a little bit turbulent i'm sure throughout the course of this year yeah presumably though you're all anticipating that 10 percent to continue to to grow and uh, to grow quickly uh, as a result of yes what happened but also the uh, the passing of time changes in consumer trends generally absolutely and to be honest, I think my job probably depends on it. So I really hope we continue to grow that and continue to see that exponentially grow throughout the course of not just the latter half of this year, but as we move into 2022, 2023 and beyond. It's quite a fascinating thing to look back on, I think, back in uh, March and April last year. You know, a lot of the insights that we saw internally were around a surge in online demand for things like toilet roll. But actually, there was also a very noticeable spike for many of our categories as well. So search demand for fridges went through the roof. Presumably people were stockpiling food and running out of space. That's the theory that we came up with internally. But also we saw other consumer electronics categories continue to grow as well across smartphones. Tablets saw a surge in online demand. Smartwatches as people were having to move away from their previous habits of going to the gym and maybe spending more time outside and exercising through their own personal endeavours. And of course, TVs are an integral part of all of us being stuck at home for a lot more than we were previously. And more and more people were using online routes to find out about these product categories. They were using Google to search for all of the product categories that Samsung is evident in. And what was really noticeable was the immediate impact that Samsung needed to make to adjust to that to ensure that not only were we being reactive to the pandemic, but also setting ourselves up to continue on this trajectory. You know, I think everyone realised very quickly that while the impact of the pandemic felt very short term and very immediate at the start of it, it was clear that actually there was going to be this enforced shift towards online, a rapid move of consumer behaviour away from always relying as they had done in the past on offline channels and actually people were becoming more and more comfortable with going to the internet, searching on Google to find routes to purchase the products that they were interested in. And we hope that continues obviously as we move out of the pandemic and hopefully get back to some semblance of normality. Let me just pick up on that, uh, that point that you just made. Clearly a lot of changes were very apparent very quickly in terms of behavior and attitudes towards uh, digital and use of uh, e-commerce uh, from the customer perspective. But I was really interested in what you just said there about how it very quickly became apparent that changes would be a little bit more permanent than some of the quirks perhaps that were evident at the beginning. Uh, you also hinted there at some of the big calls that you had to make. Once you started to establish in your minds that this was approaching a permanent and more accelerated shift. Just talk to me about some of the big calls that you had to make, uh, some of the changes that you made internally in terms of operations to reflect this shift. Yeah, so I think to address the first point, it was clear to us that this was 
going to have longer lasting impact because a number of the barriers that online and D2C e-commerce had previously from a lot of the you know, consumer research studies that we did internally, a lot of the insights that were available to us, both from a Samsung perspective and our partners, indicated that a lot of the barriers to purchase were ones that actually we were very quickly be able to overcome. So the first one was being able to see products in all of their glory in a bricks and mortar store. We were able to rapidly improve that experience on samsung.com and give an immersive experience online. And it did not seem to hinder the, the consumer buying behavior of our customers. The other one was around security of using a branded website to make a purchase of a product. And by providing additional customer support, inputting a new video, live chat, and text chat functionality on samsung.com, we were able to show customers that it is safe, it is secure, and you could have the same experience that you had historically had in a bricks and mortar store now on samsung.com. Just picking up on the point that you made about the things that people would traditionally want to see and handle and have a tactile experience of in-store. I mean, some of the products, obviously, that you uh, sell uh, via partners and directly, uh, I don't know, things like uh, uh, fridges and other big consumer electronics items. I mean, what did you do to sort of ease the path to purchase there and perhaps to add a layer of experience online? So for us, it was really important to make sure we were finding our potential consumers in the right environments. And what this really meant was a readjustment of our marketing mix. Um, no longer did we have a 70-30 split in favor of offline channels. We were a lot more aligned to a 50-50 dynamic of the investment between offline and digital. And by offline, actually, this was predominantly experienced through a TV marketing plan. And we very much doubled down our efforts on both TV and digital as the two main routes that we had to reach consumers. And then we had to structurally understand how we could tie the two together because we were so much more single-minded in our approach. And we were making creative adjustments to our TV advertising. We had clearer end frames that visit samsung.com to experience the products and the features and the benefits of our products that we have just shown you in the last 30 seconds of this TV ad. There were calls to action to go to search, to go to Google and to search for the Samsung Galaxy S21, for instance. And then within digital, it was really clear to us that there was so much more scrutiny on the creative execution that we had in all of our digital channels. So paid social, programmatic display, YouTube were routes by which we had to bring the pre-existing shop window experience or the shop floor experience of retail environments into a digital world. Even within our paid search activity, which is obviously less visual as an advertising format, it was really clear that we needed to land the reasons to click through on our paid search advertising to come through to samsung.com and making sure that that offsite marketing was very closely aligned to a changed commercial proposition on the website. So an upweighted commercial plan with added focus on promotional activity, flash sales that happened throughout the course of Q2 and Q3 last year, we were able to not just get more traffic through to the website, but give a better experience, but also a reason to buy directly from samsung.com. Thank you for that. It's interesting to hear about the uh, the changes to media mix, but also very interesting to hear about the uh, the changes to the creative as well. Uh, thank you uh, for that, Mike. John, bringing you in, talk to me about the nature of your partnership with Samsung. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Performix are part of Publicis. And we've been working with Samsung um, for, I think, in one form or another, around 20 years. And the operating model that we have with them is a model that we call uh, One Publicist Team Samsung. So that allows us to bring together all the disparate elements across the whole holding group, from media planning and buying to performance media, where I sit, to creative data technology. And I think this has been a massive advantage for us um, as Samsung have pivoted towards D2C and had to make those really quick decisions. We've been able to react very fast to all of that. From a performance-specific perspective, Performix have been working with Samsung throughout this whole journey, and we've really grown up alongside them as we've transformed into D2C. So I remember when I joined the agency back in 2013, the Samsung search team was very much brand advertiser focused. We had campaign-based activity that was focused around product launches. Uh, You set the activity live, you went after an impression share goal, and that was the end of it really. Over over time, and as Samsung have accelerated their growth through D2C, we've shifted more and more into a brand e-com split. And I think the pandemic hitting was a real catalyst to truly bring those two elements together and have a, a proper full funnel search activity. Yeah, the, the mix of uh, brand and performance, uh, as we know, and everybody listening will understand is absolutely key. Uh, you talked there about adapting and, and, and moving alongside uh, Samsung in your relationship. I guess the last what, 14, 15 months uh, has been all about working closely with Samsung and, and, and reacting quickly. Absolutely. I think Samsung as a client are very, very strong in digital, which makes them very easy to work with um, as a performance marketing agency. And quite a few, well, a couple of people within Mike's team, uh, Mike himself, are actually ex-Performix, which makes it very, very easy for us to collaborate and and talk the same language. And I think that's an ethos that's been all throughout our partnership. And just as an example, when... Pre-pandemic, we used to do our unpacked phone launches. It was really important to us that we formed a sort of war room, uh, all got together, ordered pizzas and beers in and worked through getting the activity live and making sure that we could work alongside each other throughout that. And it was a really interesting shift for us when we shifted into work from home, how we could translate that sort of war room environment when everyone was literally sat in their bedrooms working through all this piece. So we have doubled down on the amount of communication that we're doing. Uh, I think our teams are talking to each other basically 24 hours a day, either through phone calls, WhatsApps, uh, Teams, um, just making sure that we're, we're consistently moving along with them. Beer and pizza, the foundation of every great uh, <laughs> partnership between client and agency. Uh, let me open that one up to you, Mike, or at least ask you the question. I mean, what would you say is the basis of a, of a good partnership, so assuming that Performix is uh, one that you identify as a, as a good partnership? I mean, um, as John just said, you've been together in one shape or other uh, for 20-odd years. Um, I mean, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's kept the partnership fresh and productive? Yeah, it would be a little bit awkward, wouldn't it, if I now said that we didn't agree there was a strong partnership. But no, thankfully, thankfully for John, we do. And as John said, as 
as my previous role was actually within the Performix team working with Samsung, I have seen it from both sides of the fence. And I saw what didn't necessarily work as well when I was um, at the Performix side and some of the challenges that we had in the partnership. So one of the things that I really feel I was able to bring to the table to make it more collaborative and and a better partnership uh, for the last two or three years has been the fact that they are very much truly an extension of our team. They are bought into all of our objectives and KPIs. They are in a lot of the frontline meetings that we have internally. We work hand in glove with them towards a common goal and we have a relationship within which we're comfortable to challenge each other. There is no expectation that I will call John and say, here's what we're going to do. And he will run away and deliver against what Samsung is directing to the agency. There is a challenge back to that. There is a relationship where John can say to us, actually, this is the way we think we should be delivering this for you to ultimately better serve Samsung and achieve your objectives. And I think that should be really encouraged. And I think that is a big part of why we've been able to grow together rather than necessarily move in a direction that is driven from Samsung, but actually what is right for our customers, what is right for the channel, and what is right ultimately, therefore, to service us as a digital marketing team internally. I think Mike touched on a really important point there, which is um, when, well, going going back a few years, the paid search team were very much a back-of-house operation for the agency. And I think we had one person on the client side who was essentially our, our gatekeeper to the wider business and of course you only know what you know and that back and forth of being able to challenge and really interrogate the wider business goals to deliver uh, the best possible outcomes didn't necessarily always exist and I think it's really important particularly for D2C e-com brands paid search is so fundamental to the delivery of the performance essentially that we really need to be brought into those conversations early. We really need to be part of that overall journey. And where does search, now you've mentioned it, fit into Samsung's direct-to-consumer strategy and as a driver of sales? Perhaps that's a question first for Mike. Yeah, of course. So since the inception, I guess, of our D2C offering back in 2015, search was always the initial channel that was first on the media plan for D2C. But search had a challenging position within the business at Samsung. It was, by association, therefore seen as a D2C channel only. And as I said earlier, Samsung, as an advertiser back in 2015, was not focused as much on D2C as it is now. And there was a lot of challenges internally around explaining the role of search outside of D2C and the role that it takes in getting customers who are in market for your products by proxy, they are telling you they are in market and getting them through to your website to give them that best experience of your products. Now, obviously that has changed rapidly. We have moved from a campaign approach to paid search, as John outlined earlier, to one that is now very much always on. We are in a position where the search team is bigger than it's ever been before at the Performix side and the digital marketing function and the people who are touching paid search from a Samsung side has also scaled up massively. And as a result, we are now in a position where search actually does a job for both D2C and non-D2C within Samsung. But ultimately, the overall goal of all of our activity is getting an in-market or a near-market consumer through to our website to experience our products. If they buy D2C while they're there, great. 
If they go away and buy a Samsung product elsewhere, that's also great. The benefit of having everything planned holistically through the channel means that we are able to maximize traffic through to our website. And that growth of traffic from search to samsung.com over the course of those six years since 2015 is, is ridiculous. The, the, the charts look like they're not slowing down and that is obviously exemplified in the last 12 months by the pandemic, but the traffic to the website is continuing to grow and search continues to contribute approximately a third and when I say search, sorry, I mean paid search. Paid search is contributing approximately a third of the overall revenue for Samsung's D2C business at the moment. And that is huge, given the fact that we are having to go out into areas that are more mid-funnel, more upper-funnel, to continue that growth of traffic through to the website. But it continues to rise on that trajectory. And, and yeah, for one in three sales through Samsung.com to come through paid search, I think is a fantastic achievement. Thank you for that. I, I will talk about search a little bit more. And indeed, uh, we're going to bring Lynn in uh, from uh, Google in a moment, perhaps, to touch upon some of those specific points. But I just wondered if you've used search, perhaps, to develop more relevant connections or indeed to drive insight and to help you orientate and better serve customers maybe more traditional top of the funnel activity yeah sure i think there's probably two ways to answer the question actually so the first one is around how we use search more in the mid to upper funnel and actually i think the key point to land really in that regard is that search is not linear it is very much a, and I think uh, Lynn could maybe touch upon this later, but the way that Google describe it is you, you kind of start at the top and then you go into what's referred to as a messy middle. And customers will go up and down the funnel during their research stage to understand, to look into a specific brand. They'll search a certain product category and then they'll come back out and they'll go somewhere else. And actually just having that presence at that part of the journey is really important for us. But secondary to that, it's no longer just about keyword intent. So a big part of the expansion of search and the growth of search as a strategy for us within Samsung is the overlay of audience signals on top of it. You can have an iPhone customer searching for a Samsung product whose keyword intent suggests they are close to purchase. Or you could have a Samsung loyalist who is searching for best smartphone whose keyword intent suggests that they are further away from purchase. But actually that audience understanding behind the scenes allows you to expand into what traditionally were mid or upper funnel keyword searches, but overlay the right data points to actually understand where that consumer is. Are they researching? Are they potentially going to churn and leave your business? Are they actually just shopping around for the best deal? And by using that audience understanding to feed into insights, you then suddenly unlock a much greater understanding of what's happening within search. You're able to tailor your creative messaging, tailor your on-site experience to that person and actually deliver a much better experience online and therefore, hopefully, a much better conversion for your products. And uh, that's what we're all here to do. Um a better experience and greater conversion. Now, Lynn, you've been teed up previewed on a couple of occasions now. So let's bring you into the conversation. Uh, Lynn Vashani is Industry Manager at Google. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Uh, tell us what you do and, and specifically how you work with Samsung. Sure. So uh, I'm an Industry Manager here at Google and I've been partnering with Samsung for about the last 18 months. And part of my role in Google involves helping brands to really make the most out of digital 
And I think, you know, we've heard at Google a number of businesses say that the last 12 months have accelerated digital by five years. And I think, you know, we can all say that Samsung is a brand that this is really true for. Um, They are pacey and have clear ambition to make digital transformation a, a core part of their strategic approach. We've talked a lot about the UK, but Samsung is a Korean company and the UK is a key global market for them. And some of the things that we have seen this team drive in terms of innovation and digital transformation has been, you know, showcased around the world. And we've presented different things back to the teams in Korea to, to build into the overall Samsung strategy. It's been almost like a petri dish of innovation here. Let's dig into uh, the specifics of what you've done to help Samsung advance their digital marketing uh, capabilities. If you can offer me a couple of examples of the work that you've done with them and to what effect. Sure. So I think, you know, when lockdown arrived, we've talked a bit about the pre and, and post pandemic and Samsung really wanted to reach their 10% and a goal of D2C and drive digital transformation. We all sat in a room or, well more of a, a virtual room actually as a as a three-way partnership to firstly you know take stock on where they were in terms of digital capability and then together build a roadmap across search data and tech and YouTube to really supercharge their digital marketing and I think you know I was we were talking about this earlier but uh one thing I've learned from being on Samsung is that they are super quick. So speed is everything. And once a roadmap and a plan is in place, it's like, let's move and move with pace to deliver this, which has been, you know, very exciting to be on that journey. In terms of what they've done, I think, you know, first step automation and to automate everything. We've talked a bit about the complexities of search and how it's growing and I know John will talk a bit about this later but Samsung is using automation to really tailor that messaging to customers in real time and responding to all the multiple signals and audience types and device type there are so many permutations and the complex mix of channels added to that means that obviously you know developing creative for every person and format is just incredibly time consuming And automation has really freed up their search teams to spend less time on things like data preparation and tagging and actually to focus much more on that strategic thinking. And then coupled with that, obviously, in a world where things have been incredibly uncertain, I think Mike spoke earlier about the huge rise in refrigerator searches and actually behavior has been incredibly unpredictable and we're seeing now that you know 52 percent of the uk is intending on keeping lockdown behaviors like shopping online Um, and actually when behavior is unpredictable automation can really help do some of the heavy lifting here and help adapt to that behavior in real time I think secondly, harnessing Samsung's powerful customer data has been really critical to some of the advance in digital capability, how they are starting to integrate their CRM integration, firstly for them to build a more complete picture of their customers, but then also bringing that into the Google platform and into search display and YouTube. So it's built into marketing execution, being really key to driving that digital agenda forward. And then sort of wrapping that up with advanced measurement. So by bringing this data in, they're really able to gain 
a fuller picture of the impact their media has had against their business outcomes. It sounds like in many ways you would echo uh, what we were talking about earlier about the the tenets of uh, of a successful partnership is is one which is uh, open, honest, and when everybody's kind of pointing in the same direction and uh, are willing to get there. Uh, what advice would you give to brands generally who are looking to drive their D2C businesses? Lots will be, lots of force being forced to be, as we've discussed. Um, what, what's the key piece of advice would you offer them then? Definitely to have a clear North Star in place to prioritise digital across the business. And I think Mike referred to it at the start, but it takes so many cross-functional teams to drive digital transformation. And Samsung were crystal clear on their ambition and sort of best in class at aligning internal teams and then the agency and then partners all to get behind this. And then the second piece I think is, you know, really to really consider how your customers and potential customers experiencing your brand. And, you know, we take the website, for example, and thinking of that as your digital flagship store and the place where you really can own and fully control your brand experience and to build those customer relationships around it. You want to have the same experience in as you would in bricks and mortar on your site. Thanks for that. I mean, that's a nice um, a, a nice point, I think, to bring uh, Mike and John back into the conversation i mean not you don't operate in a van uh, a vacuum samsung is obviously operating in a very competitive landscape uh, particularly online and you're up against you know giants like amazon and alibaba but what you have is a brand what you have is a promise what you have is a reputation uh, and to lynn's point there how are you looking to differentiate uh, when you sell direct to the consumer within an online environment, how do you bring that brand promise to life? Let me start with you, Mike. That's another really good question. I think in a weird kind of way, the success of Amazon and Alibaba, as you say, has actually changed the landscape for online shopping completely. You know, speed and convenience, two of the main reasons to go to Amazon, are now to a degree hygiene factors that consumers expect wherever they are making their purchase. It's no longer necessarily a unique reason to go to one site over another because Samsung will be able to fulfill same-day delivery, next-day delivery in the same way that someone like Amazon would. Obviously, a smaller range of products, I appreciate that, but that's where the brand and the specific ownership that we have within our categories that allows us to take that hygiene of best-in-class online e-commerce experience and overlay it with something that is unique to Samsung. That unique Samsung proposition that we have developed with the agency team at BBH, who also sit within the publicist family, is an internal facing proposition of where else but Samsung.com, which is then realized in an external facing look and feel for Samsung.com essentially. And there are three strands to this, but simplistically, the D2C experience for Samsung can be surmised in three core areas. Choice, value, and support. Choice ultimately means where else are you able to see all of the Samsung products in one place? Value, we have multiple ways to help you purchase. Whatever is best for you, whether it is trading in your old device, whether it is a 0% finance 
um, contract that you take up with us, whether by PayPal or Klarna or someone else, whether there is a price promise that we're able to deliver to you, whether you're pre-ordering a product and therefore you actually get a value add. You know, is quite often when we would launch new mobile phones or, or other mobile-based products, we would offer true wireless headphones, for instance, as an additional product to customers. So that's the second strand. And then the third one is support. And support, I think, is the area that is most exciting for Samsung.com and is probably the most accelerated over the past 12 months as retail has shut, as bricks and mortar is no longer the route by which many of our customers are going back to get their latest phone or their latest Samsung product. We now offer live video support, chat functionality through the website to actually bring that retail experience to Samsung.com. So you're no longer needing to go out to some of our retail partners to get advice from someone in store. We can now tell you why our products are great through our own website in a way that is a lot less time consuming and a lot more easily fit within your day. Um, and that is why I think we are able to differentiate ourselves, bringing the Samsung brand, but also what the Samsung.com experience stands for into one place. I think if I can build on that, within the search um, landscape, one of the really exciting things that we're able to do through the integration of Samsung's data and our automation approach is push those sorts of messages that are going. we know are going to best resonate um, with individual customers and bring them into samsung.com. So to give an example, uh, if we know what phone someone already owns and they're looking to purchase the next flagship, we can show them in the copy exactly how much they'll get uh, if they go through um, the trading program. It sounds to me uh, that, I mean, in many ways, the job of branding and brand strategy hasn't changed but obviously the means to execute deliver and offer experience is well in many ways great uh, I mean just question for both of you would you agree with my assertion that uh, the job of branding is the same but D2C and the acceleration of digital has just given more opportunity perhaps made it a bit more challenging but also potentially more rewarding I think as of today I think that is very much a fair assumption for sure I believe there probably are areas that we as a brand can explore further to enhance the branding side. So we obviously have a new cohort of consumers who are moving up through childhood and becoming our consumers of the future, tackling Gen Z audiences who have a very different mindset to my generation and my parents' generation is, is obviously something that Samsung is going to need to face into and is something that we are obviously very much focused on internally. But the role of brand and the balance between brand and D2C, absolutely. D2C is only going in one direction within Samsung. It is there to build upon the branding efforts that our divisional marketing teams do for the business. But the idea is that D2C will continue to grow. It will continue to accelerate and it will be the way that we transition from that branding to point of purchase, having a more direct one-to-one -one relationship with our customers. That is why I'm excited for the future at Samsung and, and why I think it will continue to be more and more successful than it is today. I'm just fleshing that out. Um, I mean, looking ahead as we are, or we've just begun to, what are your plans specifically for D2C? It obviously offers you an opportunity 
But what are your plans? I mean, do you meet? Uh, I, I, you were going to grow, and obviously, you've stated the the growth intention, and 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 you've been afforded that accelerated opportunity. But where do you see it going next in terms of your offer? So I think there is a structural shift still that probably needs to happen internally to allow D to C to stand as a part of the business within its own right, rather than a point of purchase. And that is a change that is in the process of happening within Samsung. So organizationally, there will need to be structural shifts, additional focus behind D2C, continued greater alignment between the brand marketing efforts and the D2C execution, but also just having presence of digital marketing teams, of D2C uh, e-commerce experts within the business in every conversation at exec level, talking with leadership teams and being a core part of that overarching strategy is what Samsung will need to do to continue to deliver this growth within D2C. I can assure you that uh, although it might feel like a big challenge, you're not alone in facing it. I do hear this from a lot of people. I mean, aligning that brand and then the experience, regardless of which channel uh, people are engaging with you, is is absolutely key and it's a challenge that everybody's facing and has had to face up to now thank you very much to all three of you for your contributions thank you very much thank you you have been listening to marketing that matters from marketing week and e-consultancy sponsored by google with me russell parsons this podcast was produced by timo donahue from bauer london creative and edited by rebecca sentence Look out for the next episode when I will be talking to Farfetch about innovation in luxury fashion and using search insights to shape its strategy. Until then, goodbye. This podcast is sponsored by Google Search. It's where your customers find what matters to them and where you can find what matters to your business. To learn more, visit g.co slash think slash search smarter. That's g.co slash think slash search smarter.